release. It talks about the disciples had the ability to release peace into the home that they were in. And you have the ability, and, and peace is so much more than what our English word for peace actually means. You know, in the Hebrew, it's the word shalom. And, 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 and the reason that you have peace is because the debt has been paid. That's the understanding in, in Hebrew. The, the reason that you have this peace is the debt has been paid. You know, how many, everybody ever had a debt before? And how many of y'all think will weigh on your mind? I mean, you know, debt is something that can, you know, or money that's owed or something like that can weigh on your mind. Well, the reason that you have peace is how many of y'all that your debt was paid in full? All your sin has been paid for, your past sin, your present sin, and even your future sin. All your future sin, all your sin was future during the cross, right? We have to understand the cross was, was something that happened outside of time. God's not forgiving you in increments. God has given you an eternal forgiveness. And, uh, you're, you're for, and really, your forgiveness is a person. It, it's a location. You were spiritually dead and in darkness, and now you step into Christ, and now Jesus has been made your peace. He's been made your righteousness. How I many you are in Christ now? So you're living in this state of eternal forgiveness, and as a result of that, you have peace with God, and you have Jesus' peace that he's given to you, and he wants you to be able to use this peace um, to, to help you to function in the days ahead because everything's trying to rob your peace. Um, and most, much of the world operates, and even man-made religion, operates on the robbing of peace because I mean, you know, people, people, they try to sell you stuff by scaring you. Man, if anybody tries to sell me something by scaring me, I'm hanging up on them. Like, I don't roll like that. Like, if someone's trying to sell me, like, I, I, um, I have, I, I spray my uh, yard for mosquitoes. I hate mosquitoes. I like to enjoy my backyard, so let the mosquitoes die. You know what I'm saying? And so, but the people, they were like, well, what about, you know, they started telling me about something. I don't know, some kind of grub worm or termite or something. And, they, and what they were trying, they were trying to instill fear in me. They are trying to rob me of peace to manipulate me to make me do something. And how many know that a good portion of the world operates like that? They, they try to fear you into buying something. And sadly enough, a good portion of, of the church tries to scare you into doing things as well, scare you into giving, scare you into coming to church. And we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. God's, God's wisdom that comes from above is pure and peaceable. God is not a taskmaster. He's not a driver. He's a good shepherd, and he's going to lead you. And he's always going to lead you in paths of peace. And so... As you begin to embrace this peace that's already on the inside of you and you learn how to, to keep it and to kind of maintain it, it's going to allow you to hear God more clearly. Because one of the ways that God speaks to you is the presence or absence of peace. I mean, you know, when, when you get a little earned, you get an absence of peace, that means don't do that. Everybody know that? Right? And But if you don't have peace initially, how are you supposed to know when there's an absence of peace? You follow me? One of the primary ways God's going to lead you is the presence or absence of peace. And so as we're teaching this, it's going to help you to hear God more clearly. Because how many on the days ahead, you need to hear God? Every, all the time. You need to hear God about basically everything that you do. You need to hear God whether you need to be at Walmart at 1 o'clock. And I'm not telling you to get weird and to get um, and put a bunch of pressure on yourself. I'm not encouraging you to do that. I know people can take that type of revelation. They could put all this pressure on themselves. No, this, remember, this is a family. This is a relationship. And, and uh, God, God, but God wants to lead you and he wants to guide you in everything, in your parenting, um, in everything that you do. And as we get good, can we turn the air back on? I'm hot again. Pretty please. Thank you so much. Um, it's the one on the left. If you'll just click it down, just, uh, just like we're in a house, you know what I'm saying? We're in a home and this is the living room and we need to turn the AC on just a little bit. But anyway, that peace will, will help lead you and guide you. That peace will protect you. And that peace is going to keep your, your peace of mind and your presence of mind. And God wants you to have, Jesus died to give you his peace. And he wants you to have this, right? And so I want to take the next few weeks and I want us to get good at this. And I'm not just doing it from the standpoint of I'm up here teaching you and I've got it all figured out. No, I'm, I'm ready to learn afresh and anew myself. Like I'm ready to be a student. I want this in my life. I've developed this to some level in my life, but I want more of it. Like, I believe that God has made a way where we don't ever have to not have peace unless he's telling you not to do something. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so, how I many you know when he tells you not to do something, he gives you an absence of peace? That's an earn. Don't start a relationship with that individual. Don't do that business venture. I can't do the fan. I'm sorry. <coughs> I'm so high maintenance today. <coughs> I need the air up. I need it down. I need less fan. I need a, I need, I need a, I need a mint. <laughs> I need a hug. 
no, I'm like overcoming something, so that tickle try to take you out, you know what I'm saying? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. That tickle's going to bow its knee to Jesus today. It's, it ain't, it ain't, it's, it needs, it's, yeah, so be it, so it is. Um, but like, let's get good at this, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> let's learn how to do this. So Romans 16, and in verse 20, it makes a very interesting statement about peace. It says, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. And I I want you to think about a little bit about the aggressiveness of peace. Because what peace does is it sets things in order. It makes things right. It makes things the way they're supposed to be. Remember when the disciples were going to the other side and there was a big storm and Jesus was asleep in the boat? <clears throat> I mean, oh, Jesus had peace. But then Jesus woke up and he saw around him that there was not peace. And so you know what he did? He released the peace that was within him. <clears throat> and you know what it did? It calmed the storm. The, the storm stopped. So our concept of peace, which is like this passive type of thing that, it, you know, not our concept, but the world's concept of peace. This is not a passive peace. This is an aggressive peace. This is a peace that sets things right. This is a peace that <clears throat> maybe a drug addict or something is dealing with addiction, and you're praying peace over that individual, and what it's doing is it's, it's, it's removing the addiction out of their body, <clears throat> and it's making things right. Maybe somebody's dealing with depression. There's dissonance on the inside of them. And you're praying peace over that individual. It's removing the depression. See, that word peace in in the Hebrew is the word shalom. It means nothing missing and nothing broken. So when you're releasing the peace of God, you're you're actually releasing heaven. You're releasing the power of God to make things right and to make things the way they're supposed to be. Can I get an amen? God works in peace. The enemy always works in chaos. He works in unrest. He works in uh, agitation and fear and all of these types of things. The Lord is not like that. If you'll notice, I mean, when Jesus walked the earth, he always had peace. Like everybody's freaked out, everybody's wigging out, somebody's sick. What's Jesus doing? Peaceful. You never see Jesus get in a hurry. He's not hasty. See, we live in a very hasty world. We live in a, we got to, we got to, we got to, we got to go, we got to go, we can't be late, we got to do this, blah, 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 blah. And there we are, and a lot of times what's happening is we're operating with zero peace, even though that peace is within us. And so sometimes we're making decisions that we shouldn't make because we're making them in hastiness rather than the the wisdom of God, which is peaceable. But when you look at Jesus, he was always very relaxed. He was never hurried, and he was never worried. Even when Lazarus was dead, how many of he hung out another three days? He's like, it's cool. I got death, too. I can can handle death as well, you know. When 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 uh, the Jairus came and his daughter was sick, you know, I mean, just... All these things, you never see Jesus lose his peace, except when he starts paying the price for ours. That happens in the Garden of Gethsemane. That happens on the cross. He, he, he laid down his peace for us. But when he, when he was raised from the dead, he took his peace back up, and he said, I'm going to give you my peace. You see me operating in all this confidence? You see me operating in all this peace? You know, one of the things we were singing is about, you know, the, the roar of a lion, you know. And we were singing about that prophetically earlier. But, and, and, you know, if you take a look at a lion, a lion, the boldness of a lion is not displayed in his anxiousness. In fact, when you look at a lion, most of the time they're chilling. They're laid out in, out in, in the Sahara. They're laying around. I mean, they don't do much. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they don't. They're just chilling. And the reason is because they're not threatened and they know who they are. When you're king... You don't have to, you don't have to be, there's a difference between the boldness of a lion and the boldness of a chihuahua. God has taken the church out of a chihuahua boldness and bringing the church into a lion's boldness. And a lion, a lion you know, it, you're carrying yourself with peace. And, and the Bible even talks about it in the scripture. It says when, when your enemy sees you at such peace, your enemy knows he's about to have demise. And we'll, we'll look at that passage at some point, but... When you, the, the devil does not know how to manage a peaceful Christian. He doesn't know what to do. So he's always, he's got to get you out of peace in order to be effective in his attacks against you. 
And, and the amazing thing about it is <clears throat> we don't realize how many things steal our peace every day. And it's not just big things. It's the little tiny things. I mean, it's the little foxes. See, maybe the reason you got in an argument with your spouse or your friend wasn't because you guys disagreed so much. It's because you lost your keys before that happened and you were wigged out about losing your keys or you got behind somebody really slow in traffic and you were wigged out about being late. And so there you are. You have no peace. Your peace is off of you and you're operating out of peace and then you're just filled with fear and strife and anxiousness. And really, if you'd have just taken a moment to pull your peace back in place, you could have handled things properly. <clears throat> nothing should have the ability to rob you of peace. Okay, actually, nothing can rob you of peace. We give our peace away. We give it away. Now, we don't lose it, okay, because it's, it's in your born-again spirit. I mean, it's a part of the character that's in there. Like, you're not trying to get peace. You have peace. Now, you may say, well, Jeremiah, I'm not experiencing peace. I'm not experiencing peace. Well, there might not be peace here. There might not be peace in your mind, but it's because you're believing a lie. And, and we want to take the truth of the scriptures, and we want to remove that lie so that you can flow in peace. You're a better parent in peace. You're a better spouse in peace. You're a better friend in peace. Peace. You're a better coworker in peace. You're a better everything in peace. But but we live in a world. It's a rat race out there, folks. And everybody's wigged out. And let's just jump off the hamster wheel. You know what I'm saying? Let's just be like, wait, I don't want to be like that. And I'm telling you, when you carry yourself with with peace, you're different. And you become the person that sets the atmosphere. And God wants that for you. God wants that for you. Amen? And we, he has it for us. So it says, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Let's turn to Matthew 10. I quoted this just a second ago, but I want to tell you about it. Because if you may have like a hard piece of candy or... Give me, give me, help me out, somebody. Yeah, Altoids, no, that'll light me up, man. I can't, Altoids are too strong. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not masculine enough to take an Altoid. <clears throat> I got to grow my beard out a little bit longer. I'm just kidding. Get rid of the man bun, thank you. Thank you, long-haired hippie in the back. Appreciate that. From the long hair, get rid of the man bun. I'm going to bun you up when you ain't looking, man. I'm going to come up behind you and just bun you. I think Tim needs a, he needs a man bun. Hallelujah. I feel the, the abundance of bad jokes just abounding. <laughs> it's good, man. Thank you. Thank you. Whoever gave that to me? Is it? Teresa, thank you. Thank you, Teresa. Amen. Nothing against outdoors. They'll freshen your breath, but they'll, they're, they're hardcore. She's like, I got one in my mouth right now. She's like, be a little stronger there. Yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding. Amen. Praise God. Anyway, so Matthew 10, Jesus talking here, and he's talking to his disciples, and he's telling them, like, I've given you a weapon. I've given you a power, and you can use this. Matthew chapter 10, and verse 11, it says, Now, whatever city or town you enter, inquire who it is, who in it is worthy, and stay there till you go out. And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. If it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. Let your peace return to you. Now, this is interesting. He's like, you can, you can send your peace out, and you can make it work, and you can make it bless a home. You can do that. And he's, he's like, you have this, right? I mean, that's powerful. That's like superhero type stuff right there, right? And it, but it's true, though. You know, when, when, I, when I, walk, I, I, I work out at, at, at my gym, when I walk into my gym, the entire atmosphere of that gym changes. I don't care what's going on in there. I don't care what is happening at that moment. When I walk into that place, the whole atmosphere changes. And, and every single person in here, you have that ability. You have that power. But um, we've allowed people to have too much influence over the way we feel about ourselves. We've allowed people to intimidate us. We've allowed people to feel like we weren't as good as them as them. We've allowed people to dictate to us how we feel. And God is saying to us, what's inside of you is stronger than what's in your work area. What's inside of you is even stronger than what's in your family. Right? 
Because one of the ultimate goals here in this is how many of y'all peace is catchy, right? And just like anxiety is catchy or fear is catchy, and, you know, my goal in my home is to operate in peace. And when I'm at peace, I help my wife to be more at peace. When she's at peace, she helps me to be more at peace. When we're at peace, we help our kids to be more at peace. You tracking me here? And this is something we really try to do because, you know, we, we know I'll, I'll, that's, I'll be like, honey, you know, and, you know, you got to be spirit-led. But, like, if she's out of peace and she's doing things in a place of anxiousness, I really try to encourage you. Come on, let's try to do this in peace. Amen. Let's try to do this. In, I mean, softly, gently, respectfully. Can I get an amen? And, uh, and then even the same for my kids. You know, we try to do that with, with the kids. Ethan is way much more aware of this than the little people are. Little people aren't aware of it yet. But they will be aware of it. But my point is, is like, if we can get everybody operating in peace and functioning in peace, we, we will empower the peace that's in the home or even, you know, wherever you're at. So what I'm encouraging you is we, we kind of link together. We can do it as a church, too. You know, we link together in this place of peace, and, and we can do it, man. And so, um, and so what, I, what I also want to encourage, let's turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Your peace is a person. It's not just a concept. Your peace is a person. His name is Jesus. And so you must remember that. So like when he's saying release, you know, release your peace, what you're doing is you're releasing Jesus. You're releasing Christ. We should never take a revelation and remove it from the person of Jesus. All revelation should be linked back into the person of Jesus because revelation is for the purpose of relationship. It's not for the purpose of being, having a fat head and thinking you know everything about God. Everything that is revealed to you is for the purpose of relationship. And if we take a revelation and we remove it apart from Jesus, then what can happen is it can turn into something that's prideful. And it can, well, I've got a revelation of grace and they don't. You know, or I've got a revelation of sonship and they don't. Well, I've got a, I've, blah, 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 blah. no, 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 no. This is, you are seeing facets of the Father in his son, Jesus. And the whole purpose of all of this is relationship. Can I get an amen? And nobody in this room is any better than anybody else. Can I get an amen? And everybody in here has a relationship with God and we're all growing and we're all learning and we're seeing different facets of God. And everybody in here, we can learn from each other. There's nobody in here that's an expert on God. And everybody in here knows something about God that somebody else doesn't. And that is never going to change because we are a family. It's a family. Amen? That's huge. And so um, this piece I'm talking about, it's not just a concept. It's not just a doctor. This piece is a person, and his name is Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 and in verse 14, it says, He himself is our peace. He himself is our peace. He is our peace. And then we'll, Isaiah, chapter, Isaiah 9 and I'll read this to you, and I'm going to move a little bit quicker because I'm going to try to cover a little bit of ground, and um, and then we're going to we're going to stay in this vein. We're going to get good at this. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm 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 going to be able to live my life where no one can take peace from me, no government official, no no person in traffic, no crying child. Come on, I mean that's a big in my house. That's a big thing, and I don't I don't want to spend too much time, but I mean a cry a screaming crying child can rob you of peace. But you don't have, but you can stay in peace. And if you stay in peace, you'll handle that child better than what you were. If, you, if the child doesn't have peace, and the reason they, I mean, they don't know how to control their emotions yet. And that's okay. That, that, that's where they're at. But how many know God wants us to mature to where a child doesn't have the ability to remove us out of our place of peace? Can I get an amen? Or an animal or a dog doesn't have the ability. Everybody knows what I went through about a year and a half ago. I finally passed that test. Blue got saved. Hallelujah. My dog, I've, been, I've, been, I've been leaving worship music on for him when we leave the house, praying to God he gets saved. Leaving, leaving communion in his dish, you know what I'm saying? Little cups and been passing tracks over under his. No. The dog is great. And the dog was never the problem. I was the problem. But God developed, God wouldn't let me get rid of that dog. And I was, I, and, and so because I had to grow. And I grew, and the dog is now fine, and the dog was never the issue. The, the issue was me. Just being honest. Hallelujah. Um, it's okay. Everybody said growth. <laughs> everybody's, everybody's mature. My dog's actually great now. He's a sweetheart. He's doing really good. But I had to believe in him, amen, and I had to speak life over him. Anyway. No dog can steal your peace. No child can steal your peace. No, how many old price of eggs shouldn't be able to steal your peace? Come on, guys. 
Price of gas shouldn't be able to steal your peace. Price of anything shouldn't be able to steal your peace. A bill shouldn't be able to steal your peace. A person shouldn't be able to steal your peace. If you can maintain your peace, you're going to navigate your way through the days ahead, and God's just going to speak to you, and you're going to hear, and you're going to listen, and God's going to bless you and bless you and bless you and bless you and bless you, and you're going to be a safe place for other people to come because you're going to be a peaceful person, gospel shoes on your feet. I mean, it's the gospel of peace. The, the peace sets the stage for the gospel to be shared. These people who are, who, are, who are angry and condemning and preaching hellfire and brimstone on the streets and thinking that God's mad at everybody and God's angry and all this wrath stuff, they don't have shoes on. They don't know they have peace with God. And because they don't know, have, they don't know that they have peace with God, they actually can't share the gospel. This is not a condemnation mission. This is a salvation mission. And as you walk in peace, it's going to open the doors for many uh, moments. of And it's just going to make your life better. I mean, who likes being wigged out? Like, we don't, and here's the, here's, the, here's the good news. We don't have to live wigged out. There's a way, there's a way through this thing, man. And, and, and if we'll make, but you're going to, we have to make a decision to, like, apply ourselves to this truth. You know what I mean? That's, I mean, it's the truth. Like, it's like, don't just hear this and not, like, put it in to function in your life and in your home. Now, you're going to mess up a million times in the process. And how many know that's okay? How many times, every time you mess up, God catches you. Amen? But at the same time, I just want to paint this horizon for you. There's a life for you that is filled with peace and not fear and anxiety and anxiousness and hastiness. Amen? God has that for all of us. It's not a personality type. I'm going to have to say that a couple more times. It's not a personality type. See, don't, don't put a cursed garment on yourself by saying, I'm just this type of person. Because, because, because when you're saying that, you're lying against the truth. Are you a child? I mean, how I many if you're born again, then, amen. Hannah's hype, boy. She's preaching today. It's good. You have, you have his nature and, and his character. And I know you may have been like that in the past, and you may have been that way, but you're going to have to stop embracing a false identity. And you're going to have to make a decision to embrace a true identity. Now, if you choose not to do that, then you're not going to have what I'm saying. Even though it's all right in there. Because you've got to call those things which be not as though they are. The primary purpose of calling those things which be not as though they are is an identity thing. It's not claiming houses and lands and all this type of stuff. It's you are calling yourself the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're calling yourself a son of God. You're calling yourself a daughter of God. I mean, when Abraham spoke, he was releasing an identity. God said, you are Abraham. You are Sarah. You follow me? So stop cursing yourself with, with, with what you think is your personality type. Well, I'm just a nervous person. Well, I just, I have this anxiety. I have, oh, man. If you continue to embrace that, then you're, you, you're lying against the truth. That's, what, what, that's not true. I know that may be what you've experienced. I know that may be what has happened to you in the past, but you're going to have to make a decision to lay that false identity down at the cross and take up Jesus. And I know that can be a challenge for us because like, we've leaned on it. Well, I'm just this, so deal with it. <laughs> well, I'm just like this. So it's like a pass. You know, I'm just going to be a jerk because that's my personality. Whoop. And everybody's like, well, yeah, he's just a jerk, you know. No, man, that's, that's, not, that's not true. That's not true. Now, we all have different things that we're challenged with. We all have different areas. Everybody in here, you have something you're challenged with, and that's just a part of being human. But at the same time, like, th- that, that character of Jesus, the goal of the gospel as you get that thing flowing out of you, and a portion of that is, is, is peace. Amen? And so uh, make, you, you have to make a decision whether you're going to believe yourself or God. You're going to have to make a decision whether you're going to believe your parents or God. And I'm not saying your parents necessarily, but how many know your parents can say things about you that doesn't line up with the Word? How many know you, how many of your friends can say something about you that doesn't line up with the Word? How many of your spouse can say something about you. <laughs> now, don't aim it. Ah, easy now. Easy now. I see some elbow revival breaking out over there, man. <laughs> if you shoot the elbow, the point was lost. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, just sit real still. <laughs> Look forward, you know. Amen internally. No, I'm just kidding. 
Just kidding. Praise God. It's all good, man. But like, how many know growth requires the removing of lies? And what truth does is it confronts lies. And the things that hold the thing that the things that hold us in bondage is lies that we've believed. Because the reality is we're already set free. You know, when I got born again, I stopped being a drug addict in here. Now, I didn't stop being a drug addict outwardly until several years later. But inwardly, I wasn't a drug addict anymore. And when I started realizing I wasn't a drug addict up here and I was the son of God, then the drugs dropped right off of my life. Same thing for pornography. The same thing for depression. The same thing for all of these things. When I started really finding out who I was, then um, these lies lost hold of me. Amen? And so... As the truth comes forth, we make a decision to, to embrace what the Lord has said about us. Or we can continue down the path we've always been. And the choice is yours. And God's not going to love you less. But I don't know about y'all, but like I want to enjoy my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be happy. And, and this is a part of enjoying your life is peace. Amen? Um, uh, I, Jesus is our peace. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. We love this passage. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. See, the peace that's within you, that's a part of the kingdom, it's actually going to stretch out all across all of creation. And everything that did not operate in shalom, everything that did not operate in peace is going to pass away and die, including death. Death is the final enemy that bows its knee. How many know there's going to come a time when you no longer see death? Death will be a memory to you. It will never be, it will not be an experience. Amen. It's good news, isn't it? Amen. And so um, now let's turn to John 14, please. And, um, and, and I just want to just just tap my toe into this a little bit before we, before we kind of close here. Uh, and because I want to take a look at what Jesus has actually given to us. John 14, and in verse 27, Jesus is talking here. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. How many know the world requires external circumstances to line up before they have peace? The world wants to, you know, everything's got to be right, so I have peace. And how many know that's a very fleeting peace? Because everything's right for like, yeah, if that, right? Or, you know, I'm going to have peace through aromatherapy, or I'm going to have peace through just trying to be relaxed, or this, you know, or whatever. But every attempt at external, internal peace is very short-lived. I mean, that's the reason people use a lot of prescription drugs, is they're attempting to have a form of peace. That's one of the reasons that people drink. It tries to dull the conscience. There's all these different types of things that really don't provide a lasting peace. But Jesus said, I'm going to give you my peace, and I'm going to give it to you. And he says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so that, that really, this is kind of the rubber meets the road. Number one, you have God's peace already, but... You're going to have to make a decision to let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid, okay? And, and this is where it kind of involves a little bit of action. One of the things that's important to help you, um, to help you enjoy this is recognizing when you don't have peace. Because I think a lot of times people live so much of their lives without peace that they don't know what it's like when, when they actually have it. But if you'll, if you'll notice when you're starting to operate and you don't have peace, you make an adjustment. Like, I'm not going to continue to talk to my spouse with an absence of peace. I'm not going to correct my children with an absence of peace. I'm not going to drive with an absence of peace. I'm not going to pay this bill with an absence of peace. I'm going to stop. I'm going to bring my peace back. And now I'm going to function as a son or daughter of God. And, and I, I, I have a um, just a, a little bit of a... Um, Prop, yes, thank you. It's very high tech. Very proud. <laughs> My family helped me make this, right? But I just I wanna I wanna give you a visual in order to help you. You ever been cold in your house and you have a blanket? 
and the blankets, and they, I love blankets. If I'm on a couch, I, w- I want a blanket. I just love, blankets are, blankets are where it's at for me. I don't even sit on the couch without a blanket. I love to have a blanket. And, and so if I'm sitting on the couch and I'm cold and the blanket is next to me, I have a blanket, but if I'm not using it to cover me, it's not doing any good. So I will make an adjustment and bring the blanket back in an adjusted place so that it can now do what it's supposed to do, which is to cover me, to comfort me, and to warm me. If something pulls the blanket off of me, like a dog or a child or my wife or whatever, I'm going to bring my blanket back, and I'm going to stay cozy and warm, right? The same is true for your peace. If you're out and all of a sudden you've lost, because here's the thing, you're not trying to get peace, you already have it. That's a very important thing to understand. Don't never think you're trying to get peace. You already have it. And really, that's true for everything in the kingdom. You already have everything. You're not trying to get anything. You are not operating out of lack and deficiency. God has placed everything on the inside of you through Christ Jesus. Very important to understand that. But if you start to lose your peace, you need to take a moment and pull it back and get it back on you again and then function out of this peace. Can I get an amen? amen? And you'll be amazed at things that, that take your peace. And a lot of times, I mean, like, you ever lost their keys before? How many of y'all losing your keys will wick, will, will, will wick you out? Or at least me. And then, you know, I lost my keys, and then I lost my keys, and then I'm wigged out, and I'm trying to find it. I mean, I've lost. I mean, I can't even name all the things that I've lost. But, but then even after I find it, I'm still operating with no peace. So I got my keys back, no problem, but now I'm driving with no peace and my Christian bumper stickers, you know what I'm saying? And there I am, and somebody pulls out in front of me. Now I don't have peace. Now I'm not going to react the proper way. I'm going to react as a man that has no peace. And then how many know that can rob me of more peace? And then someone in traffic can get mad at me and, you know, yell at me. More loss of peace. And then I go into Kroger. You know what I'm saying? And I'm in the checkout line, and maybe, maybe you know, it's so busy, and there's like two registers open. And my peace is completely off of my heart. Now, what happened, how many know, number one, I'm not enjoying my life. I'm not enjoying my life right now. Here's the thing. Me being upset is not going to make the line go any faster. Me being upset is only going to rob my quality of life and rob my ability to shine the light. Because that person at the register needs to be loved. And I have a great opportunity to love them because they're in a moment of weakness. So my, I'm, the stage is set for ministry. I'm not talking about hitting them with a scripture or a track. I'm talking about loving on them and being kind to them. I'm talking about taking the fruit of the Spirit. And, and, and in the midst of a, of a sea of angry people... Be that one person that's not angry. Be that one person who's kind. And, and maybe crack a little joke or something to defuse the, to, to, to release the peace that you have. But if I don't, while I'm in that line, if I don't pull my peace back and get it in place, then I'm going to be a man that has peace but's not using it. Now here's the thing. When I don't have peace, I am easily manipulated by the world around me. When I don't have peace, people can make me mad. When I, don't ha- when I don't have peace, I'm not in control. And when I'm not in control, you know who's not in control? The Lord's not. And you know who is in control? The enemy. The flesh is in control. And so when you have an absence of peace, you become easily manipulated by the enemy. And the enemy will set up situations and circumstances to try to rob you of peace to get you in a moment where you have a flesh explosion. And the next thing you know, how many know you're doing damage when you should have been bringing healing? Amen, y'all. That was pretty good. Who did that? that that's how we all. No, I know that, but I heard something else. It was a child. Okay, yeah, right here. That's. Oh, I feel you. I feel you, brother. I mean, it was it was the appropriate. He was like, eh. 
Because that's how we all feel, man. That's how we, in, internally, we may not do it externally, but we feel like that. Amen. And it's okay. And how many of God loves you through that whole process? But how many of God wants to teach you? Can I get an amen? God wants to teach you. And then we're going we're gonna to close right here because we're done. But I, I just want to... I want to say this, the source of your peace is always the gospel. It's always the gospel. It's righteousness, peace, and joy. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. And so, the, 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 from, and we'll get into the more practical aspects of this later, but the gospel is always going to fill your heart with peace. Because here's the thing, God's for you. When you have peace and when you don't. When you're doing the right thing and when you're not. God's for you. Can you get an amen? amen? When you're walking perfectly and when you're making a mistake, God is still for you. Can you get an amen? amen? And God has taken all of your sin for all time and buried it and condemned it in the body of Jesus Christ. And so under the new covenant, you're enjoying an eternal forgiveness. And actually, if you look at it in the book of Isaiah, it, this covenant is a covenant of peace. That's actually what the rainbow is all about. That rainbow is this covenant of peace. And you know what God, the statement God makes when he, when he released that covenant? He said, I'll never be angry with you ever again. That's what God has to say to you. God will never be mad at you. That's what the new covenant's all about. You don't have a day where God's mad at you. You might feel like it. You might feel like you've disappointed him, but it's not true. God is not ever going to be mad at you. Now, I will say this, for those that reject Jesus and choose not to be saved, according to Scripture, there is anger. And that's not popular. But God is not, it's not God's will that anyone would not be saved. And God has done everything that he can possibly do to make a way for everybody to be saved. But if people willfully re reject Jesus Christ, there's not a lot God can do for them. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the bridge. He's the way that you go, right? Can I get an amen? amen. But the reality is this, God, he's not mad. And so the gospel, that's why you got to continually hear the gospel because the gospel is going to keep filling your heart with peace. Because listen, how many know if you think God's mad at you, you're not going to have peace. If you're under condemnation, you're not going to have peace, right? So your source of peace is the person, Jesus. And not just him as an individual, but him in a, in a finished work sense. Amen? I mean, oh, Jesus took care of the sin of the entire world. Amen? You do not need, if you try to take care of your own sin, <clears throat> you try to punish yourself for your own sin or pay the penalty for your own sin, you are rejecting Jesus as your Savior and you're trying to be your own Savior. And I know those are strong words, but how I many you know, we, we live in a world that's filled with churches full of people they think they have to pay for their own sin. They think their money pays for their sin. They think their church attendance pays for their sin. They think their good deeds pays for their sin. All of that is sacrilegious. There's only one that paid for sin, and his name is Jesus. Amen? He picked up the tab. You will never have to pick up the tab. Now, I'm not saying there's not repercussions for doing dumb stuff. You sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. You do. How many of how y'all sin is a killer? It'll kill you. I mean, there have been Christians that die before their time. And the reason they died is because they were sinning. <coughs> but, it, but God's not the one that brought that punishment. God, God's, God's already, God's satisfied. The work is finished. So I'm, I, I want to say that, but I want you to also understand that it doesn't mean that you don't have a life without repercussion. Because if I were to tell you that, I'd be, I'd be telling you something that wasn't true. Amen? It's important to say that. And just pause for a minute in a place that, that understands the gospel. <clears throat> but you're so, the place where you're going to get relief is the gospel. Just like I have a tickle in my throat right now. My relief is this water. It just went away for a second. <laughs> and now I feel better. Amen. But i got to keep going back to this, to satisfy. <clears throat> How many of you got to keep going back to the fountain? Never think you've outgrown the gospel of Jesus Christ. So much of the church thinks that the gospel is just for the lost. It's not true. You've got to keep hearing the gospel. 
Because if not, then you're not going to be able to function in peace. Because if, if your perfect behavior is the source of your peace, you're going to be miserable. You need something stronger than you. Can I get an amen? You need something mightier than yourself. And so we're always going to come back to the gospel. And in, in future lessons, I'm going to give us some more practical stuff, but we don't have time for that. Um, but, what I, but, but what I will challenge you to do in the week ahead, keep feeding on the gospel, keep <clears throat> bringing your peace back up, but also look to find times when you've lost your peace and, and locate it and then fix it. Fix it. It might, not, it might be something as simple. It could be the simplest thing in the world. But when you've lost your peace, recognize it's like you're walking around naked. You know, I mean, you're not going to walk around naked. You're going to put clothes on. And when, you, and when you've lost your peace, you're, you're walking around unprotected. The Bible says that guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The breastplate of righteousness. If we've got to protect our hearts. And if you're dealing with an individual that's constantly robbing you of peace... You might want to see if that's a relationship that God wants you in. Amen. And there's one thing to minister to somebody. We're all called to minister. Can I get an amen? But you're not called to join yourself to everybody. and Because the enemy will send people into your life to try to rob you of peace. And if there's an individual that's constantly robbing you of peace, I question whether that's a relationship that God is putting his seal of approval on. Because you, can, you cannot afford to live peaceless. Because it will, it, will, it, will, it will just pull you into pieces. It will pull you in a million different directions. God wants relationships that are going to bless you and are going to help you. Now, I understand ministry is one thing. But once again, joining yourself to somebody is something different. And so in, in the week ahead, this next week, take a look. For some, just quickly, what are some things that rob people of peace in here? Let's talk about it real quick. Worrying about tomorrow. Worry. Worry, right? Worry is something that can rob somebody of peace. Crying children is something that can rob me of peace. That's something we try to do. As I encourage my wife and I encourage my teenager. When the kids are crying, you can't allow the kids to have the power of the atmosphere. And you, you maintain peace. And you get them calm. I don't have to be wigged out because they're wigged out. I can stay calm. And when I'm calm, they get calm quicker. But they don't have the power to rob me of peace. Can I get an amen, right? Anybody else? Something else? Rob of peace. Go ahead. Perfectionism. That's a, that's a great example of that. Because perfectionism, a lot of times, people feel like everything's got to be just right before they have peace. And, and God wants to heal people of that. Because every, things are very rarely going to be just right. And God wants to heal that. And, and, and because things, things aren't going to be perfect, right? And so that's really, that's a very, that's good. That's really good. And a lot of times that perfectionism arises out of the desire to control because you may have been in an environment that was out of control. And so as a result of that, you're trying to make things perfect so that you can have a sense of peace. And I think many people in here can relate to that. But God wants to set people free from that. Anything else that robs people of peace? Go ahead. Anger. Yes, that's excellent. Anger. Angers it. I mean, no, you can't be angry and live at peace at the same time. I feel there's whole, there's huge swaths of the body of Christ because of the things that have happened these past few years that have lived in anger. And they have not had peace. And, and they feel like it's, it's some type of spiritual battle when in reality they're just in the flesh. God, God, <clears throat> the Bible says be ye angry and sin not. There's a place for anger. There's a place for righteous indignation. But it's not a long distance thing. It says, don't let the sun, you know, descend upon your wrath. You, it's okay to be angry and take authority over something, but you need to get back to your default setting, which is peace. Amen. What did you say? Sure. It's good. Good calamity, yeah, that's good. Because you know, how I many of that happened in the life of Jesus regularly? They had things that would happen and, and would, would happen, but 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 Jesus never lost peace. 
How many of you know you can put the fire out in peace? You really can't. In fact, you'll be better at it. You'll handle the situation better. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. Anybody else? Yeah, that's huge right there. Condemnation is really, condemnation is, I would say, is the primary robber of peace. I, I think that the reason that we don't have peace in a lot of other areas is because we, 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 have, un, we have hidden condemnation that we're unaware of. See, so many times, I think a lot, of, a lot of believers, man, they're actually living in condemnation and they don't realize it. And uh, I think condemnation is one of the roots of all losses of peace. Because condemnation is actually an attack against the blood of Jesus. Condemnation is saying the blood wasn't enough. Condem as, that's why it's the primary attack of the enemy. He's always trying to bring in condemnation. That's good. Anybody else? Seeking validation. Seeking validation. The opinions of other people. Wouldn't it be nice to have peace no matter what anybody thought about you? Do you know that God has that for you? God has that for you. That's huge. And that, and that also goes back to the gospel. That goes back to knowing who we are in Christ. Amen. Anybody else here in closing? I'm sorry? Fear. fear. No, fear is... Sure. No, fear is everywhere. Fear, fear is... <clears throat> the, the, you know, we've not been given the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. But the spirit of fear is everywhere in the world. And, and the enemy is really trying to control the whole population through fear. And, um, and so, but how many know that, so, but how many know we're not called to live in fear? Amen. And, 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 we, and there's a way out. Amen. It's good. We'll, we'll, does anybody have anything else real quickly? Go ahead. Judgment, like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's good. That's good. You kind of bring in the point of legalism as well. And we'll look at that as we move on. Jesus' yoke is easy and light. Legalism is a heavy burden. Religion runs on an absence of peace. The engine of religion is an absence of peace. The whole thing, the whole, the whole engine of it. Does the pastor think I'm okay? Does the pastor like me? Does the, do the people, all this bunch of stuff. And, and it turns into this manipulation mode. So, and we're going to look at that in Scripture where it talks, Jesus said, beware of the leaven of, of the Pharisees and the scribes and Pharisees, which, which causes unrest and agitation. And so that's, that's a great point, too. But we're going, to, we're, we're going to shut it down for now, and we'll pick it back up. Um, but I feel led to teach you something here real quickly. And um, if you guys want to turn to 1 Kings 17, that 1 Kings 17 is, is something that I've just been reading it constantly. And it's, the, uh, it's Elijah and him dealing with um, the state of Israel in, in the times when they were under Ahab and under Jezebel. I really feel that we as a nation prophetically are in very similar times. Um, and you guys have heard me teach on this a little bit. I, a few weeks ago I taught on it. And I've just, I read it almost constantly. God just keeps having me come back here over and over again because their nation was plunged into a time of famine and into a time of darkness because they had taken God out of everything that they were doing. And so I, I feel like a lot of what we're experiencing right now in our country and even all over the world is the enemy is trying to remove God out of everything. And so there are, how many of you know there's not peace and things aren't flowing properly? You know, you know there's, no, there's no, gas shouldn't be this expensive. You know what I'm saying? Eggs shouldn't be this expensive. All the things that are going on, it, it's not, things are off right now, right? Uh, but they're not gonna, I don't believe they're going to stay off. I believe they're going to be righted. And I believe that, that there's a period of time where there's going to be a challenge, but I believe there's going to be breakthrough and we're going to get to the other side. But during this period of time of challenge, I feel like 1 Kings 17 is almost like a roadmap on how to live your life. And we see Elijah, and he's living in a wicked time when they're experiencing economic recession and even famine. But how many know God supplies for him the whole time? I mean, oh, God supplies for him the whole time. And how, where, does the, where does that provision come from? Relationship. He, God would say, okay, I want you to go here, Brooke Cherith. Okay, I want you to go to Zarephath. Okay, I want you to do this. 
How many know we can hear God in the days ahead, and our cup can not only stay full, but it can run over? I believe that with every, and in fact, I believe that God wants to prosper his people and cause them to flourish in times of famine, so they stick out. And then when people say, why is your business so successful? Why is this going so well for you? You're going to point to Jesus. It's going to be a witness to them. I believe that with all of my heart. But um, in 1 Kings 17, we see this very interesting thing in, verse, in, in 1 Kings 17 and verse 8. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon. God is speaking to Elijah during this time of famine. And he says, And dwell there, and see, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. Everybody say relationship. You just got to do what God tells you to do. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And she says to him, Now, we're about to see where she's at. We're about to see her state of mind. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and says, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she says, This is where she's at. As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. I mean, this is a person who is being consumed with fear. This is a person who's being consumed with lack, not enough, and their mind is on death. This is a sad moment. She's like, this is all I got, and I'm about to eat it, and we're going to die. She says, as the Lord your God lives. Because how many know everybody's trying to blame God during this time? Ahab's trying to blame God. Everybody's trying to blame God. How many know it's not God's fault people act stupid? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not his fault. But she's in a place of death and lack. And I want, what I want to show you is what he's about to say to her is to pull her out of this place of fear and survival and self-preservation, and allow love to start flowing out of her again. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. How many know he knows she's scared? He says, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. Now here's the thing. How many know this sounds like the most selfish thing in the world? Like, okay, prophet. Got to feed you first. And honestly, people have taken this passage of Scripture and raped the people of God with this passage of Scripture. Yeah, yeah, me and Dan went to the same church, so we know. So I, I want you to please not recoil in the abuse that you may have had under the hands of this Scripture and recognize that this is still the Word of God no matter how somebody interpreted it. Can I get an Amen. Because what, he's, what, 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 what God is doing through the prophet is he's pulling her out of self-preservation and fear. And he's bringing her back into... How many know love gives? Love is a giver. Love is not a taker. And so he says, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel... The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. And so she went and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her household ate for many days. How many of you know there was a miracle there? But the miracle happened when she threw fear off. And she said, okay, I'm going to do what God is telling me to do. Now listen to me. In the New Testament, prophets and ministers, and leaders are not here to tell you what to do. The Spirit of the living God lives inside of you, and you have your own relationship with God, and you can hear God for yourself. Can I get an amen? Need an amen on that. Someone who operates in the prophetic, someone who's a leader, they're going to bear witness to what God's already telling you. You are not prophet-led in the New Testament church. I, I'm gonna, you're not leader-led or pastor-led. Now, certainly I'm a leader, and I'm going to lead you the best I can, but the best thing I'm, I'm going to do is point you to Jesus so you can have your own relationship with God. So what I'm saying to you is in the days ahead, 
Let God tell you what to give. Let God tell you where to give. And don't get caught up in fear and selfishness and become a hoarder. Because if you hoard, it's going to run dry. But, it, but if you listen to God, you're going to see miracle after miracle after miracle. And I'm, not telling, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you not to let fear rule your life. And I, knew, I knew I was supposed to preach this. Because if you get over into a hoarding mentality, then all you have is what you have. And when it's gone, it's gone. But if you'll let God show you what your seed is. I mean, he gives seed to the sower. He shows you what your seed is. Your seed may be something totally different than what somebody else's is. But if you'll let him show you, then you'll give. And out of that giving, you break the power of fear off of your life. And you can live in a place of abundance. And I'm not just talking about giving in church. I'm talking about giving everywhere. I'm talking about giving in the marketplace, giving in the streets, giving wherever, wherever God tells you to give. We as a church, we have ramped up our giving within the past couple months. And we've been giving out more than we probably ever have as a church. I have been personally giving more than I have probably ever. But the reason we're doing it is we're feeling led by God to do it. Because here's the thing, fear and lack is not going to dominate the kingdom of God. We're not going to allow the kingdom to be determined by the spirit of this world and what happens in this world. And so I have been led by God to give more. And the reason that, the, the reason that we're, we're doing that is just because God's telling us to do it. And God is not scared about the price of gas or eggs. Can I get an amen? And, and, he made it, didn't he? That's right. And, and so what I want to encourage you is don't allow fear to dominate you, but just do what God is telling you to do. Can I get an amen? God may reach out and say, hey, I want you to, to you know, take some food over to your neighbor, or I, I, may want, or I want you to maybe take care of somebody's electric bill, or I want you to do this or do that, whatever, but don't get over into the fearful horde mentality because that's not the kingdom. Let God lead you. Let God lead you. Let God lead you. Can I get an amen? Let God lead you. And, and we, we failed by using this passage of scripture where somebody's going to stand up and tell you what you're supposed to give. No, that's between you and God. Can I get an amen? That's not anybody else. That's between you and God. Amen? So anyway, praise God. I felt real strong to share that. But if you need to give an offer this morning, lift your hand up. And I'm not looking at who's giving. I never check the giving of the church. I do not care. And you know what? We're doing great financially. Can I get a hallelujah? Praise God. We are. But we're going to keep giving, man. And we're going to keep, we're just going to keep giving. And so, Angie, will you come up here and will you tell everybody all the cool stuff that you know? <laughs> Amen. You just do, do whatever you feel led. I mean, there are some things that are important, but. Well, you know, I want to continue on with what you were just saying about giving out. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you give out, you have to plant seeds. Yeah. Amen. So that's my segue into say, it's time to plant in the garden. Yes. And what better way to be able to raise a crop and to give it out to the families that come here or to the families that are maybe loved ones that you know that need it. Yeah. You know, if we all got together, I know that there's, you know, Dan and Paul have both done really good jobs over the years of getting the garden going. And so with that wisdom and maybe wisdom with others, you know, maybe we could not only use the platform that we have out here, but, you know, th there might be a time to expand that platform as well. Yeah, the, and the garden was tilled this weekend. Oh, it was. Yeah, Very yeah. good. So it's cool. Yeah, we really want to rock our garden this year. Yes. We want to be able to just give all kinds of food away to everybody that goes and then people beyond, too. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, youth will be at Jeremiah and Stacy's place on Wednesday night. That's this Wednesday? This Wednesday. From 6.30 to 8.30. So if you know anybody that would love to, you know, any teenagers that would love to go and, and join in on that, I'd encourage you to invite them. Youth camp is going to be July 6th through the 9th, and that's in Ohio. Is that right? Yep. Okay. So you can sign your kiddos up for that. Is there anywhere particular that they have to go? Um, that website. Okay, so there's a website. Yep. Oh, good timing. Yeah, it was good timing. <laughs> 
Um, oh, one of my favorites. I haven't been, but hey, Myrtle Beach. Who doesn't love the beach? Amen. We're having a conference June 21st through the 25th. You want to touch on that at all? Nope. Okay. That's good. Uh, <laughs> Uh, speaking of the property here, we do need to have more people to volunteer to help mow the property. We have a gorgeous land here. So uh, if you would love to help out with that, either get with Tim or Jeremiah if you're interested in helping. Uh, there's going to be a Bible study at Jeremiah and Stacy's on April the 26th from 630 to 830. And so you're asking to bring chairs and any kind of sides that go with fried chicken. Fried Wonderful. chicken. Um, so you said weather is permitting because it will be in the backyard yeah. and it's a beautiful space. Um, one thing that I would like to touch on, uh, something that we uh, talked about at our annual meeting last fall is uh, what do we do with expanding the church? Yeah. You know, expanding the kids, expanding space for us. What would that look like? How does that need to be? And we had asked for people to pray about that. And so uh, I want to bring that back around and say, please be in prayer. I don't want to announce a date right now because we don't have one. Yeah. But sometime soon after a Sunday, I would love to meet with anybody that wants to meet and brainstorm 